uh, as we should all know, the government is trying to limit what campaigning Lib Dems can do. And so we have two perfect guests to discuss this. In fact, we've just got a phone. <laughs> 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 he couldn't have done it's that any worse, could he? Honestly. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast, wherever you are listening or watching, thank you very much for joining us. We are going to be talking about today about some of the limits that are being put on campaigning uh, by the government. Now this has caused a lot of controversy, a lot of concern and a lot of anger amongst Lib Dems. And so we have three panellists with myself today to talk about this, some of the practical implications, what you can do, what you say that you can't do, and where we go from here. Because make no two bones about it, this is an attempt by the government to silence opposition and to make an election difficult for anyone that doesn't have vast amounts of money. So we're going to go through all the practicalities of that. I'll introduce our fantastic panel. I said, my name is John Potter. I am from the Preston Liberal Democrats. I am the leader of the Preston Liberal Democrats and a Lancashire County Councillor. Uh, joining me right from the very start, from the very first podcast, which you can go and listen to if you still wish, you know, the excitement of Joe Swinson becoming our new leader. All this is covered right in the early episodes. We've got uh, Councillor Richard Kemp. Introduce yourself, Richard. I'm the leader of the Liverpool Liberal Democrats and a very poor forecaster about uh, leadership elections and how long they last. That is very true. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, joining us from the Greater Manchester mayoral, mayorality candidate now. Is that right, Simon? Yes, that is right. I've stepped into the breach. This is but, Simon McGorry. Uh, yeah, I'm still, um, I'm still working for Warrington, as well as uh, being the mayoral candidate. But I think not many people are aware that Andy Kelly had to step down uh, for personal reasons. Uh, so it's me for the next 90 odd days. <laughs> so you've got yourself as a, a very high profile candidate taking on Andy Burnham, and you're also a campaign organiser, so that's going to be really useful for listeners. And last, but by absolutely no means least, the person that's going to speak some common sense when we're all gibbering on is uh, back again, is Claire Halliwell. She is the Chief Exec of the Welsh Liberal Democrats. Thanks, John, for having me again. Um, really looking forward to this discussion. Uh, I don't say I've got any more common sense than uh, either the, the Welsh Government here in Cardiff or uh, those uh, people in Westminster. <laughs> Brilliant. So what we're going to start now. So let's get a few things straight. What are the government trying to do? And I suppose we'll go to you first, Richard. So what is what have the government said we can and can't do? Well, it's very hard to work that out. So I'm going to give you my interpretation. It mightn't be the same as the government's interpretation. And in fact, we have written to the police on Merseyside saying, can you uh, sort this out for us? And we haven't actually had a reply yet. Uh, our view is that the Conservative government is trying to stifle democracy and in Liverpool the Labour Party are their best mates for that. Clearly in Liverpool the Labour Party want to get through the election with no one really knowing that their mayor's been arrested and 15 other people and all the things that we want to tell them. So what we've done is to be very clear about this. We haven't just sneaked out in the night. On uh, Friday, when the government said very clearly that the elections are going to take place on May the 6th, we issued a press release about it. Uh, we went on Radio Merseyside and we did so, having said three weeks ago, 
that these elections should be deferred for two weeks. We have a rationale uh, for doing it. I think that the elections will be better on the first Thursday in July because so many more people will have been vaccinated. That isn't our decision. And we said there are two things that uh, we're going to concentrate on and one we're not going to do at all. We are not going to do any door knocking and I would be surprised if we did any at all before the elections. So there are two types of delivery. One, what do we do as local councillors with a responsibility uh, to about 11,000 people per ward? We can do very well on social media. In our ward, we've got 1,800 names, but we put out 5,800 newspapers uh, newsletters to get to every uh, house in the area. And we believe that not doing a printed version really uh, limits the rights of two types of people. The first are the elderly, many of whom have um, internet, but to Zoom their grandchildren, they don't really engage with social media. And the second are the very poorest people in our communities who can't afford internet and the, and, and the charges. So we think it's highly discriminatory. So we've made it quite clear that we're going to start delivering again uh, and have begun to do so, concentrating on that really nitty gritty local stuff to complement our social media stuff. But we have said that it's our intention to go back onto political campaigning as well. We have a totally dystopian council in Liverpool. And we believe it's a fundamental part of democracy for different parties to put their viewpoint to the electors. So although it's our second priority, certainly in February, it will become our first priority in March. We are going to tell the people of Liverpool what the Labour Party are doing and what we're going to do about it. And what we can find nowhere in what is basically advice from the Westminster government is anything to suggest there's legislation in which any of us could be legally challenged by doing that, which is why we've written to the police and asked them to confirm that. And it is interesting. I was on a, a Zoom call with other leaders. I think John was on it. Loads of those have been delivering. Not one fixed penalty notice has been issued so far. Now, if I could just find, uh, finish by saying what we've done since we made that announcement. I personally have been out and delivered 1,700 leaflets, mostly focused but a few newspapers because we had that interrupted. I've had three people stop me about that. One gave me the leaflet back because she said it's a, a waste of time because she's voting for us anyway, so use it somewhere else. One just doesn't like anything through her door, and she didn't know what it was. And the other, this morning as it happens, was a Labour member saying, you can't do this. But during that time, the weather's been quite nice. I must have been talking to 30 people. No one else complained. No one has been on Twitter. No angry emails, uh, anything like that. And the press aren't going to handle it because we've already done it on Friday. So my view is that if we concentrate for now on our ward stuff, our rightful, low-level but important community campaigning, and let some bugger challenge us.
Hello, John from the Lib Dem Podcast here. We are delighted to say that this episode is sponsored by Prater Reigns. Now more than ever, you need a professional-looking online presence and website. Prater Reigns have been helping Liberal Democrat campaigns succeed for 18 years. Their Lib Dem Foci package combines a website, social media and email system to help Lib Dems win. You'll receive great support from real people, fair pricing and a huge range of features to choose from. Prater Reigns are already the bespoke developers for Lighthouse, Lib Dem Draw Online and the LD Directory. They combine a talented system design with an unrivaled understanding of our party, our data and our systems. To find out more, check out the Prater Reigns website at praterains.co.uk slash liberal-democrats. This podcast has been sponsored by the Katora Coffee Club, the UK's most environmentally friendly coffee club. There are over 400 independent roasters in the UK, each one crafting coffee in their own unique style. Katora Coffee Club works with some of the best to take you on a voyage of coffee discovery. The Katora Coffee Club delivers ethically sourced and independently roast coffee directly to your door. Each month you'll receive between two and four bags of coffee and their monthly extract magazine. Even better for Lib Dem podcast listeners, use the code BETTERCOFFEE to save 5% on subscriptions and gift boxes for a limited time only. All Katora Coffee Club boxes are carbon negative and offset the CO2. So why not do some good, enjoy some great coffee and check out the website www.katoracoffeeclub.com. Now, back to the podcast. There's so many facets to this. So firstly, let's talk about, and I'll bring Claire in now, is about the delay in the election, because 90% of councils called for a delay in the election. 69% of them asked for it to be in the autumn, rather than uh, what Richard said in the summer. So the government is determined to press ahead. So let's kind of put that right and wrong to one side, because the government's going to do it. We can't stop them if they want to do it. So taking it forward, what will cause the controversy is it that is that they said, we're going to press ahead with the elections, but we want you to stop campaigning. And the, the, before I hand over to you, I think the point we want to make is that democracy is essential. You Absolutely. know, and, and in Lancashire alone, we are talking because we've got combined Preston City Council, Lancashire, Police and Crime Commissioner elections all at the same time. We are talking about the future of billions of pounds of money being spent. It is essential, isn't it, Claire? Absolutely. And I think it's that right that residents have to challenge people on their doorsteps. You know, actually, let's think about the voter as well. Um, Fundamentally, they're not getting to see the range of opinions uh, and they're not getting a a chance to challenge people on their doorsteps or in person. Um, And it does seem that it's, you know, uh, the big parties knowing that they're in a position of control uh, and making sure that, you know, it's okay for them. Well, yes, it is, because they've got the funding available um, to, uh, and dare I say it, the larger lists in many, many of our seats uh, in terms of email and social media lists to get that cut through that sadly that the the smaller parties, ourselves included, um, are just going to struggle with. Um, I've been involved in some conversations with the other political parties to try and see whether um, it was actually before the Christmas um, to see whether there was any chance of us coming to some form of agreement about all, all trying to ask for the same thing that very quickly appeared not to be true. And we're in a sort of different situation in in Wales that whilst the Welsh government determine when the Senate elections are um, actually the police and crime commission elections are determined by Westminster 
And we know that no council out there is going to say it wants two sets of elections within a short amount of time due to the cost involved. Mm. So we've been very much looking towards Westminster for our guidance, um, dare I say it, more, more than in Cardiff. Um, and it's just that opportunity that people and voters have is just being diminished. Um, if they can't get a, a leaflet from us or, as I say, more importantly, I feel a, a doorknob from us, um, how are they actually going to know what anybody stands for um in some ways with the senate elections we get actually two election addresses um so that is a, a dare i say it not free but free piece of literature going through every door um potentially up to twice but the cost of doing that nationally across wales is actually very very expensive um and we have an election expenses limit of £600,000, which sounds a lot of money, but actually when you turn it into paper, it really isn't. Um, and, you know, we were, we were really gearing up for, for May's elections um, on the basis of us still being able to get out hand delivery. And sadly, it's come down to who can afford democracy. Um, and I don't think in, in any world... Um, we thought we'd be here um, it wasn't in any of my planning several months ago to think what happens if I have to pay for all this delivery um, I still presumed we'd be able to deliver some of it by hand and like Richard says you know lots of our councillors um, are still there is like a there is a some wording within the legit well not legislation but within the the advice that we've been given that suggests that councillors may still be able to um, do that but actually that's not where the criticism comes from so regularly if we're saying that the type of leaflet that you can can hand deliver or the you know street letter for example that you might be able to hand deliver generally the politics isn't there so where are we able to hold other political parties to account and and simon i've received since this uh guidance because I, I keep on want to say laws on rules but actually like richard said it's not yeah. i've had through my door a holiday leaflet a car tire leaflet a charity bag and that's all okay. And it's really important to point this out to listeners. No other type of leaflet is banned. No other type of leaflet is banned except political leaflets. And no, and, and one thing we should really make clear, and Sam, you're a nurse, so you'll you'll probably have a greater grasp of this than I have, but the World Health Organization has said the transmissibility of the virus through delivery is tiny because if it wasn't, you'd ban everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think, I mean, I've been in conversations with obviously Warrington and with my own local party and with people around Ma uh, Greater Manchester over the past few weeks as all of this has hit the headlines and, well, not really. It hasn't really. It's it's like Richard says, it's, it's a very insular discussion um within politics and that came up actually i had an interview with um, a local newspaper here in great manchester we were talking about it and and he actually said when he was interviewing me no one cares just deliver mm. that was the the journalist's response to that um but you're right john i think what's more galling and i think what's created more anger within our ranks is as you said all of those other things can get delivered and the post is getting delivered. Amazon can deliver to your door and other reputable um, delivery companies. Um, and they're not being banned. 
it's only political literature. And and I did say, I mean, in numerous discussions I've had in the numerous interviews, it's been about um, when you look at the Conservative Party, and Richard is right, they're being enabled by the Labour Party. These are two parties that are funded by big money, whether it's private business or by unions, that don't need to worry about paying for pay delivery, but even delivering at all, because they have the dominant voices within our national media. Um, I think, <clears throat> I mean, a side discussion is about the date of the election. And um, you know, Claire's right, she's got that, um, that, that problem of the police and crime commissioners are organised by England, uh, by Westminster and the Senate elections in Scotland. They don't have police and crime commissioners. And one of the discussions that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago was they won't delay unless Scotland agrees to it, because you can't have Scotland go to the polls on the 6th of May, for instance, and then have maybe four weeks or eight weeks. The narrative for Labour and the Conservatives nationally will be, oh, they've been wiped out in Scotland. Now let's go to the polls in England and Wales. And, and I think that's got a lot to do with the fact the elections are going ahead on 6th of May because, um, you know, Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP have, have probably flatly said no to moving their elections and both the Conservatives and Labour won't want to take the, the risk of it going badly in Scotland and then having to wait for X amount of weeks before the English and Welsh, Welsh elections. I do apologise to anyone listening. <clears throat> um, we are querying whether I've got long COVID and I'm awaiting a, um, a um, oh, antibody uh, blood test. So if I do go into coughing, I do apologise. <laughs> Can I just add, John, that I, I, I don't think... I don't think any of us are questioning that, you know, there is a, a health concern out there. You know, I'm, I, I look at the numbers and they're still far too high. You know, um, all of those deaths are a real person. And I don't think any of us are saying, oh, we're just ignoring that. I really don't. I think many of us are actually saying it's not the best thing to delay and make sure that that R rate is firmly down. Um, but if they are truly following the science, as you say, they would have, banned all other delivery not not just political parties um it just seems to be you yeah. know and some information that came out just the, a few days ago uh we're recording this on the, on the 8th a few days ago was that advice for voters going to the polls might be to bring their own pencils well that is it becomes the argument if it's not safe to vote then it's not safe sorry if it's not safe to campaign it's not safe to vote then why aren't you delaying and Simon's absolutely, there's a political point to this. And you, you want to ram that really hard, but you don't want to be seen as the one bringing up the political point because the Tories know as this goes on longer, their credibility goes less, even though they might think we're getting a bit of an uptick from the vaccine. But the economic consequences of this and Brexit are really going to hurt them. Uh, and so, this, and Richard, I'll bring you back in because one thing, there's, there's loads of questions on this. I mean, people have asked about how do we got to get through nomination signatures. Now, I think now guidance is due to come out potentially today or next week regarding nomination signatures. But again, for the public, most people have no idea that you have to get nomination signatures. And actually, I think quite a few Lib Dems are thinking, hmm, 
not having to do nomination signatures, that might be one bonus out of this whole thing. <laughs> um, but, but there's also there's a quality issue. For me and Richard are both councillors. We are allowed to deliver information, although who polices what is information and what is political campaigning. Again, there's no there's no rules on this. So who makes that call? And the answer is nobody will. Um, but if you're a disabled councillor or a councillor of limited mobility, you are basically being disenfranchised and not able to do your job. I have I have a councillor in my group who's pregnant, can't go out doing it at the moment because she's shielding because of that. I have another councillor who has who, who has disability issues and can't go out delivering. It, it's just so wrong what they're doing. It actually makes me very cross, Richard. How can I follow that impassioned plea from Preston? Uh, but you, you're absolutely right. Uh, first of all, we have responsibilities as councillors, but we view those responsibilities very differently than our opponents. Don't forget that in Liverpool, the Labour Party are about would normally be just about delivering in most wards their first leaflets since last May. Yeah, that's what they think of it. Uh, even in the difficult circumstances we've had in our key wards, we've delivered six things, five leaflets, focus, newspapers and, and a Christmas card. Uh, and we got a large number of newspapers out between the 28th of December and lockdown day. So we got 20,000 newspapers out quickly, plus uh, two ward focus. And most important of all, you wave to all your constituents <laughs> and they walk past to make sure uh, they vote for you. Uh, so first of all, there's that. But democracy is all about being able to debate. Now, I just don't think we will be having uh, doorstep stuff, as I said before. So I have been talking to the local media uh, about how we can do things, how they will step up to these <coughs> changed circumstances as well. Now, of course, in local terms in Liverpool, we do have an advantage because we are the second party here. And we will have no doubt that we will have four elections, but where will the interest be? It's who's going to be the mayor of Liverpool. So we can use that. And in that context, I'll get my fair share of publicity. Uh, probably a damn Can I just add in, just interrupt you there, Richard? Yeah. It's on, on that media aspect, because I know on election day, the media aren't allowed to broadcast anything that could be construed as politically biased. And... <clears throat> You're talking about um, not door knocking, which, again, I think will be another debate that will come up over the next few weeks, won't it? But if we get to election day and we can't run a get out the vote operation, are we going to be able to turn around to government and say, you need to allow media to help the political process and actually break their silence on election day and allow interviews with candidates and politicians. How would that work? How would, so just coming in, how would that how work? Would that work? You, you'd make, so we know victories, are, there's thousands of little battles going on across Britain. Whereas me, I, and I, I get the point that I'm an incumbent. I've been a councillor for 10 years. My county seat is up this year. I have had four years of incumbency. The, the, the person challenging me hasn't. 
The ward we want to take off the Tories this year, has, how do you balance that out? How do you do that? And I think it's the only way of getting through to people, we know, we've looked at all the data, the best way of getting through to people is yeah. door knocking. We know that. That's probably, that is going to be a really difficult thing. A bit like Richard, I'm not sure we'll get that back. We are going to talk about what you can do alternative-wise, but we, but we know the next best thing after that is direct mail. And whether you can, and if you can deliver it by hand, it saves you a fortune. And this is the so Claire was talking about the money. So I, I did my campaign plan for Preston, and what we, we you know, it's, this is no secret to anyone. I'm sure if opposition parties are watching, it, it's about targeting. We know it's about getting your vote out. It's about differential turnout, particularly on local elections when turnout might be around thirty percent. Um, getting your vote out is key. So a run of target letters we did just before Christmas cost us about £1,000. Volunteers went out and delivered them. To get that done through a paid service, it went up to £5,000. Yeah. It's just... And, and there's all the talk about, well, you should fundraise more. Absolutely right. Do fundraise more. But there is a limit to how much a, a single Lib Dem taking on a seat in a black hole area is going to be able to fundraise. Because the great thing about the best campaigning is it's free. And how do you get past that, Claire? I totally agree with you. Like, it's so, um, as you say, prohibitively expensive. So I'm actually in my expense period already. Um, so um, I started on the 6th of January for the Senate elections. Um, so that makes some of these decisions even weirder that they've actually been taken in, in a time which is considered campaigning period. And I have to account for it and as you say it's up to five times more expensive to do this through royal mail door to door um you're slightly luckier if you're in a city and they might have some uh, delivery companies that might be able to to go on top of uh, you know any royal mail you can do but as you all know the reality of, of rural wales is somewhat different so getting out leaflets across that area is proving difficult and um, i suppose i'm really encouraged uh, by some of the the items that are coming out of ALDC and LDHQ in terms to you know help us and incentivize us uh, to make sure that we're campaigning more so I know that ALDC are doing a postal vote uh, campaign pack um, and I really do think that if you know if you're not already treating those as a separate group that you must target please please do and also with the marathons uh, that LDHQ are putting on um, and the bulk buy deals that they're doing but still so much of that comes down to money um, you know, only one of those things is still free, which is the phoning. And um, depending upon what local party you're in and due to, G due to GDPR, uh, it, it varies massively how many phone numbers you have. So actually, if you're a startup local party that has never really done phone canvassing before, you may quite quickly <laughs> discover you don't have many phone numbers that you can actually use. Um, so that is another thing that is taken taken away for you. Now, I'm really lucky in, in many ways that my first experience of actually doing any canvassing was on the phone. Um, I was taught by the great councillor Steve Darling down in Torbay. Um, and we did a lot of our phone, you know, a lot of our canvassing on the phones um, <coughs> back, back in 2009, 2010. Um, and, and that was my first foray into canvassing. But it's not the same for everybody not everybody enjoys phone canvassing and at the moment that's the only game in town for so many of our campaigners yeah and yeah. what's interesting about you know you said about leaflet delivery companies being easier in a city i would say a few years ago 
Um, it was very easy to find a delivery company in okay, a small city like Preston. However, <coughs> loads of them have went bust. Claire brings up a really important point. I got contacted by a, a volunteer, one of our actors, who's new to politics. He is new and wants to do something. And I'm th thinking, okay, phone canvassing is hard anyway. I think it's harder than door-to-door -door canvassing for me personally. I think door-to-door -door canvassing is less intrusive. <coughs> you should absolutely do phone canvassing, but it, I think it is harder. And it, if you can do it, a phone canvassing session with others, I think that will help you, whether you do like a session over Zoom, etc. But Richard... What would you say, or Simon, I don't mind who, uh, who comes in here, to someone who is just getting into politics and thinking, you just asked me, what can I do? What can they do? I mean, Richard, from your point of view, I suppose you say, um, ignore the Tories and do some delivery. But uh, is that what you would still say, Richard? <laughs> well, it, it is, yes. Uh, I, I, my first responsibility isn't to the Tory government or the Labour councillors, it's to the people I represent, and I will represent them. And if someone wants to take me to court to do that, hey, I'm up for this. I'll defend democracy anywhere. We have really upped our email type campaigns. So I said before, we've got 1,800 emails that we talk to every week and we get a huge hit on it. Uh, but this time last year, we had 900. So what we've been doing is things to, first of all, increase our email addresses. So we've got three emails, uh, three uh, online petitions going out that we're going to boot. No, two online petitions and one postal vote campaign that we've agreed to, bo uh, to boost through, uh, through Facebook. So we're doing that. And we're very much increasing what we do in the social media generally. And there are some basic rules there. What could your person do? Well, first of all, he could tweet about what he sees around him and he could retweet what his candidates are doing. Uh, so one of the, we had our campaign meeting. I said, why does no one retweet what other Lib Dems are doing? Yeah. Oh, yes. So we put something out, and I will normally retreat almost everything, uh, whether it's rubbish or not. Uh, it's one of <laughs> us. It's our rubbish. Uh, but people, people have been, do, put liking it. Well, that's no bloody good. It doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So there's a series of ways of using social media that I think are here to stay, that we're being forced into it, but I think we're going to be using them anyway. <clears> so let's get on with the learning curve, and there's still time to do it. I just want yeah. to add, because I think we'll get onto it as well, uh, you've got the Royal Mail door-to-door, -door, that is by postcode. Um, so if you're delivering a ward and you've got a half postcode or a quarter of a postcode, you're delivering to that ward, you know, it, it becomes difficult. And it's the same with Facebook advertising. The postcodes will overlap boundaries. You know, we, we all look at a, a map or walk down a street and went, oh, this is the border between this ward and this ward. The rest of the world doesn't. Um, <clears throat> and that's something that we're, we're coming up against and, and realising, are we wasting money by, you know, by advertising? Are we not? Or are we actually softening the ground for the future with this ad in half a ward where we don't normally work? Yeah, and then on election day, you see your vote go up anyway in that ward. And it's like, well, actually, they're, they're prob some of them have probably seen the ad or seen the post, and um, but it's the same with the door to door. They've got the um, leaflet and making leaflets when you're doing door to door with raw mail, 
more generic. So they're not, um, and I use um, Appleton Ward in Warrington, um, has um, two, no, a postcode sector and overlaps um, with two others. So it would have to be an Appleton and Grappenhall and Stockton Heath focus. Um, and with that, you just add in the extra uh, postcodes that were in those wards and you do it to three wards. Um, whereas Poulton South is a postcode that flows into Rixton and Wollstone and into Poulton North. And we find the same in, in Trafford. We're lucky with Timpleyn Village and Hale Central and Hale Barnes. There are four postcode, five postcode sectors there that cover those four wards. Um, but everyone's going to have those problems when they do door-to-door Royal Mail and when they do Facebook advertising. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, over the past three weeks, I've had to set up a page. <clears throat> I know how many members we've got in Greater Manchester. And if you believe the stats, at least 80% of them have got a Facebook profile. I know the number of people that like my page, nowhere near our membership or that 80% figure of the membership. Um, the people that are liking my posts and sharing my posts, nowhere near where it should be. And I think, um, Richard, you talk about likes on Twitter. Um, a lot of people don't realise when you like something, it, it will alert your friends or people that follow you. X has just liked this post. So it, it's not as big as a retweet, um, but a, a lot of it will appear and I, I does have that, that spread. Yeah, yeah. But let's have the but let's have the, let's yes. have the big hit, not the small one. Yes, a lot of people think it's the same thing. Yeah, no, no. And, and that's quite Claire. I know Claire. I want to bring you on this because we talked again about our uh, in the Wales episode that getting. <coughs> Dems to, to retweet and share other Lib Dems because we'll think how many members do the Lib Dems have and how many of them are on Facebook and you see a Lib Dem HQ tweet that might only have like a hundred retweets and you think there are thousands upon thousands of Lib Dems out there. We are not great at this but we can get better at it but what else can we do within the compromise because some people won't have vast amount of election expenses to spend either. So, okay. uh, so some will have loads and the issue will be how to fundraise if the Tories throw a lot of cash. I want to talk, my colleague in Penwitham has just his county seat up this year. Uh, he's got police and crime commission as well, but on the basic part, his local one is just a county seat. He has £1,600 to spend. If you start adding delivery to that, you are not getting a lot out. You've got, no. you, you know, you and, and Simon's point about the door-to-door is really important that... If you're doing just a generic leaflet, that isn't going to have the local impact. You're not going to be, this is Simon Lepore, your local champion. It's not going to have that effect that we're so used to on our leaflets. No, I think, again, I don't disagree with you. And I think it is trying to think of new and innovative ways of, of trying to campaign. And it is the importance of those local Facebook groups where there are, um, you know, making sure that you're commenting and having a, a, a 
a discussion online um you know i remember when i was back in stockport you know the sk8 group would would uh, be a good place to go and have that type of discussion um they didn't <coughs> mind a bit of political discussion either um so having having those as options as well we actually did something called a digital response team here in wales so um not only do we give content um to local campaigners across Wales of things that they might want to share or um, on their own pages, but also highlighting certain uh, key tweets or Facebook pages that they might want to suddenly share just to try and put that in people's minds. Because as you say, sometimes it's it just quickly moves on the news so quickly. So so we've come up with a digital response team. Um, we have an email, we have a um, WhatsApp group for that as well and um, a Facebook page. And again, it's just a way of getting across to our campaigners um, and especially those that actually control the social media, uh, you know, um, pages, et cetera, that that, that that is somewhere they can go and know that there'll be content that they should be resharing. Um, we've also got the added complexity of 16 to 17 year olds um, having the vote in Wales, um, something obviously we absolutely champion, but they aren't going to be found on Twitter or, and, and Facebook. So um, we've got a slightly different challenge there. And I do think that we need to be spreading more best practice across the party. Um, you know, I, I saw a great video from Lisa Smart the other day about encouraging people to sign up for a postal vote. And I shared that amongst all of our candidates here in Wales um, saying, you know, I know that this is going to get more traction because it's a video. Um, so why don't you go away and, and get us a video over the weekend? And actually, we've had a flurry of them uh, suddenly being posted this weekend. So sometimes people just don't know what action to take. Uh, and um, actually, that's where all the training and I know there is masses of training happening throughout the party at the moment it really comes into its own but actually still drip feeding what specifically do you want retweeting what message do you want to get out there this week um is still vitally important yeah, the other thing that we're trying to get some of our candidates to come uh, to do uh, and one of them is doing very well uh, rebecca turner our candidate in wavertree is looking at every facebook page or similar mm -hmm. that covers the ward and getting on them. Uh, so she's on five Facebook groups uh, now and something called Next Door, yeah. uh, which is brilliant because it splits it down into about 250 users. Uh, now, when I do it, I send it out to four and a half thousand, all the communities around, because I'm doing mayoral stuff. And in yeah. fact, even the local stuff, almost all of them will use Allerton Road. So saying what's happening on Allerton Road is important for all of them. Uh, but she's started using uh, that now. So there are loads of places that have already got. So Plattsville Road has 98, uh, 98 Facebook users. <coughs> So we put, after we've done our e-newsletter, I then put it on the four Facebook pages and next door yeah. and tweet it. Yeah. And it takes about 10 minutes to do those five, yeah. six extra things. Do you not think, I, I, one of the things I found, especially as I started the other week, was our, not ambivalence, but our reluctance to actually embrace social media um, and and our lack of understanding. So we all have a profile that we have a friends list. Some of us have pages that are public 
that go out everywhere. And then there are groups that are closed. And some people don't know the difference between all three of those. And I think that's something we really need to get out in front of as a party and actually say, look, this is what your profile does. This is what a group is. And this is what a page is. Um, I, and, and I know I, I'm not going to name names. I, um, I went uh, ballistic down an email uh, that went out to um, a, a, a local party committee um, when uh, one of our uh, members started engaging and arguing um, on a um, Facebook page post of one of our opposition. And, and I was like, you're giving them free advertising. Yeah. Stop engaging. But they're telling lies. I've got to correct them. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Make them pay for their message. Um, because we just don't understand that on a page, if you're commenting on a page, it goes to all of your friends and all your friends see it in their timeline. And then if they start angry reacting it to it, it goes to all of their friends in their timeline. And, and yeah, and I think we really need to get a grasp on that as a party and the understanding and the mechanisms of it. Uh, because I think if more people understood that, they'd actually get uh, what we're trying to do with it. And they, you wouldn't get the brush offs. Oh, you know, it's for all you youngins, this Facebook stuff. Oh, it's, you know, we wouldn't get all that. I know, Richard, I know you do it. And, but it's that ambivalent. It's that, oh, it's, it's not for us or, um, but I will say 80% of the population has a Facebook profile, whether they use as it or not. As a party, we truly believe we've got to go to where the voters are and we have to mm. use this period to work out where the voters still are and how we can still communicate with them. And social media is yeah. definitely one of those. Um, like we've had a discussion about TikTok. Um, I'm not convinced because I'm not convinced it's genuinely somewhere that you'd see our candidates. And I think You're there has to be. I'm definitely there. too old. Um, <laughs> and my dancing is not up to much. Um, but I do think that, you know, it has to be genuine that this is a place where you would see, see some, something um, and that, you know, genuinely that individual would uh, be there. Um, and, and I think that's the bit that we've still got to keep in the best back of our minds that um, there are various other things that we could be doing but if that's not fundamentally true to who we are and um, equally a place where we can put our message and you know is useful to the election then then you know um, I we have to keep on the emails and we have to keep on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter. There is a time though when you do want to engage on the with the opposition on their terms there was a really good Twitter chain uh, in Liverpool week before last. Went on for two and a half hours. I have no idea who most of them were, but they were all angry trots. So I went away, had a cup of coffee, came back, threw something else on the fire, buggered off, came back <laughs> half an hour later, threw another one. <laughs> Sometimes we've got to have a bit of fun, haven't we? Yeah. We can't go to the pub, so let's annoy some trots. And that's really important, because one thing that keeps us going during campaigning as well is actually the social element within the Lib Dems of doing it. I, I absolutely love going out canvassing, and then meeting up with the team, having a beer afterwards or chatting about, oh, I've got Mr. X again. And what's he complaining about? It's the same thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, whatever. That is, that is, again, it's very difficult for new people. I have a new candidate who's in our, our target, going to be in our target area. And I, I, and I went, we had a ward walk together, socially distanced, but we went out together just because he, he, he's, he's very new to politics. And I, I, I kind of felt sorry for him because he hasn't had that engagement. 
Yeah. And actually, and what also is campaigning is about teaching you to be a good counsellor as well. Because I think being a good campaigner is, is about being a good counsellor. They're, they're, not, they're not different things. But I want to just kind of, we're getting near the end of this episode. So I'm trying to kind of wrap up a couple of things. Firstly, all of Dems. There is no pressure from anyone I've heard of, from any Lib Dem local party, that if someone's not comfortable delivering, then you don't force them. That is, that is absolutely fine. I have no problem. I have various people who just say, look, it, I completely get why you guys are out um, delivering. Not for me. That's fine. That, everyone's got individual circumstances. I would also say there's definitely a trend on people saying, well, we definitely shouldn't campaign now that the Tories have said we shouldn't are people that may not do the most campaigning in the first place anyway. Uh, and Because, you know, not all Lib Dems are as crazy as us four. I would just say that. And, actually some pe- and some Lib Dems are thinking, well, I can have a nice relaxing kind of April. You know what's going to happen? You'll lose. Or you'll continue to lose if you haven't been winning because of that attitude. Um, but, so our thing is, keep on the phones if you have. Again, loads of advice everywhere for if you're brand new setting it up getting involved with these big phone weekends etc there's lots of advice to that for me personally i think that that what's come out from the government is guidance it is not the law it is not the law and so i do not see how i as an incumbent should have an unfair advantage over someone who isn't and here's another thing that's come up, and it's really interesting because we've had it in Preston already. A politician using official letter-headed paper to get stuff out. Now, we have had shots. Me and Richard were on the LJ meeting, talk of MPs using Westminster-based paper and stationery to get message out now because they know other people can't. Councillors using councillor paper we have to remember that we are very good people, generally, the Lib Dems. Some people... Don't forget, John, that that's, that's accepted in some areas. Yeah. So I can put out a letter via the council with a church ward councillor's page yeah. uh, to 300 people, and that's been extended to 500, if we can justify it. Yeah. And if all, they all have... and. Coincidentally, so many people have you asked us about postal voting as well. Uh, I don't think many people have, but... Uh... <laughs> what I was meaning is, obviously, yes, councils can do that for non-political stuff, but if you're not putting out leaflets now and your opposition is on official paper, that is another way you are going to get disadvantaged. It's there, I, I got yeah. so cross and so angry at this. Uh, not the, the lair-headed paper, just the, what's happening. It is an absolute assault on our democracy and if when trump was doing it with postal boxes we were all up in arms yeah. and if and i get it's really difficult because in some ways we're damned if we do we're damned if we don't if we do nothing we lose that's that's just the fact lib dems do not have a base enough support that if we don't campaign we lose go on richard but we're not damned if we do or damned if we don't john the fact is that most people out there don't actually give a damn. Yeah, that's the true. only people that react is the opposition. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you 30 <laughs> conversations. Uh, hello, nice to see you, Anne. Uh Weather nice. Uh, there's, oh, it's from the Lib Dem. No problem. 
Well, well, we won the uh, extra by Labour tweets. Yeah, the extra add-ons to that is the fact that the um, Conservative Party local uh, local government association sent out a letter <laughs> advising all their activists and all their councillors: if you see a Lib Dem leaflet, if you see um, uh, any other leaflet report it to the newspaper, get in the press with it and make a big deal out of it. They know exactly what they're doing with this. Yeah, but um, could have said, Simon, you preempt that by doing what we did. Yeah. We put out a press release saying we're doing it and why. And we followed that up with a video. I've done a, an article about it saying this discriminates against the elderly and the people from poor areas. Don't be caught out by the press take the initiative with the press and say why you're doing it. Yeah. And then they can't run another story. They yeah. can't run this every week. We know this is a trap, as Simon says. We absolutely know that any Lib Dem leaflet that goes out, the Tories and Labour will say, you are putting uh, campaigning ahead of public health. That is the line. And like we kind of ties up the whole conversation, A, don't engage with it if it's on Twitter. They'll be talking to their own audience anyway, not to yours. We have been campaigning throughout virtually all the lockdowns in some form, not door, not door knocking, but delivering. I haven't had a single complaint at all, not one from any resident at any time since last April about a leaflet going out, not or a letter, not one. And so they will do it because they, because they know again we're good people generally, and they want to scare you. They want to scare you into not doing what you should be doing. And it's rotten, and the government's giving power to their arm, and we've got to fight back. Uh, otherwise, because these elections, and again, billions of pounds, and the biggest election since 1973, and we're not going to let the buggers rig it. And that's where my, I end up coming from, because if we don't do it, this is the first test of the Johnson government. The first time the electorate can say, we think you are doing a pants job, or you could insert different uh, <laughs> adjective there. And so that's why they're doing it. It's to stop criticism of this government. And uh, I guess final word to you, Claire, you are in charge of a whole country in terms of Wales. How are you going to take this forward now? What's your tip for any Lib Dem listening thinking, I, I don't know what to do now? Just listen to the advice that's out there do what you can do um, within, you know, uh, and I think we've had some examples of things you can still do. And don't get disheartened, because as you say, I think there is a real element of group, a, you know, a group of members out there that are feeling absolutely like this is another kick in the teeth to, to getting the party back into a better position. Uh, and we can't let them do that. Um, and we must make sure that we're in as solid a position as we can be going into these elections. So, you know, make sure you attend any events that you can. Um, but also it's all right to have a wobble. Um, I've been a candidate myself and I do think that I really, really, really sympathise with those candidates out there that this is their, especially those that it's their first time uh, standing for election. This isn't like 
anything any of us have ever experienced again, you know, before. And actually, even, you know, we're often told, well, they've done elections in America, um, they've had elections in New Zealand, etc. They were still allowed to deliver leaflets and still allowed to yes. knock on doors. Um, they, yeah. At various points, they chose not to. Uh, but fundamentally, this is a different game in town than we've ever experienced before. And um, it really worries me that we're going to lose a whole group of individuals who've got involved with this one election uh, and and we must look after them uh, and make sure that you know they don't uh, lose heart uh, and that they're allowed to fight as hard as we can um, so you know I am looking for that extra advice that's meant to be coming out at some point soon uh, about what happens in the in the uh, you know the short campaign period for those in England uh, and I imagine that Wales will follow suit um, that you know we might be allowed to restart delivery but we need to make sure that our leaflets are ready for on day one to press print and get to the printer uh, so we can deliver them as soon as possible See, that's why we invite Claire on that's why we do it you know so we if you want the best advice come to the Lib Dem podcast because we get people like Claire on so I just want to I want to end this episode I, you know Simon you were all right and Richard you know he's Richard <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Well, I think you see, Simon, after that calm, reassuring uh, stuff from Claire, we ought to go out on an angry note. Now, who else knows the chorus from Les Mis? Okay. Do you hear the people singing the song of angry men? Right, I, need, I need to make the whole I think you've lost control, John. <laughs> oh, so I was thinking one more day, but oh, anyway. I'm thinking one more day. <laughs> Final word to all of Dems if you are not sure, ask. You know, there are so many Lib Dem groups who are going through the same thing, want to know, experienced people like Simon, like Richard, like Claire, who we're all going through this and we'll all get through it and we'll help each other because it is going to be a unique set of elections, this. I just want to do a final plug that this Friday coming, if, you, if you're watching this in the next couple of days, we have a, a Lib Dem podcast live, our first one talking about uh, the history of being cooperation and in coalition with other parties. So we've got a fantastic panel, including Nick Clegg, Special Advisor during Coalition, Polly McKenzie. We've got Duncan Brack from the Lib Dem History Group. And we've got Kirsty Williams, who, of course, is the Education Minister in Wales at the moment with Labour. So it should be absolutely brilliant. So do tune in. That will be on our Facebook page at 4pm on Friday. And it will be on afterwards as well, in case you're late to listening to this podcast but i want to thank simon thank richard thank claire so much for being on my name is john potter this has been the lib dem podcast you can follow everything to do with the lib dem podcast at, at lib dem pod please do subscribe please do follow us on all our social media we'll be back with another episode soon and keep campaigning <laughs>